0: Comedy Game Design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Travis Scott.
1: Hello. Hello. I am here. It is late on Sunday night. Yes, we are recording a bit late because we've both been
0: a little bit under the weather, but uh, we have uh, recovered for the most part. Yes, we're mate. ready to record. My lungs are full of phlegm. Mmm. Delicious. Uh, so I'm going to start us off before we jump into some click pitch, um, little short bit of backstory. I have been going back through our old episodes of our podcast and documenting, uh, each of the ideas that we come up with per Mm -hmm. episode for for a variety of reasons. One, I'm really curious how many game designs we've come up with over the years and I'm looking forward to eventually getting to a number, uh. But number two is because I'm sort of putting together uh, a list of candidates for uh, game prototypes that I might actually want to build uh, in the future, with getting into um, you know a bit more game dev stuff. So uh, when I come across these, I kind of give each one a little bit of a feasibility score, and and you know, often other ideas
1: will spin out from it. It's so. very technical. Like he he comes up with the like he showed me the metrics the other day. It's oh yeah, it's insane. Like. Um, I can't believe that he has to like type in all this stuff into this computer program, and it spits out on a dot matrix printer the feasibility score and gives. Yeah, it that's it. It's, it's it's very 80s style. Yeah, you know, I wanted to be retro about it. Uh,
0: but so uh, I, I was I was listening to one episode, and it kind of spun off into another idea that I thought was really fun that that you know I would potentially do as a prototype. But first, that I wanted to bring up as a pitch. Uh, for an idea on the show because i thought it'd be fun to talk about so the episode that this came from was episode 11 mm-hmm. do, you uh, do you know which one that is
1: uh know. it's before competitive ornithology it is competitive oh, it is competitive yeah. so there you go <laughs> there you go
0: uh with the great Pete yeah uh from game of australia and uh it's actually the first game uh from that episode uh where we talked about what sort of ended up being an a FPS survival game set in the Star Wars universe Ooh. really based around cutting open Tauntons and like living inside them. Yeah. But one, something struck me that we sort of talked about in that episode, uh, in that, in that game idea was the idea of using these corpses of animals as your sort of tools and that everything was coming from that. And one idea that I really liked was I was picturing a world where there's, like, huge creatures wandering this earth, wandering this world. And as you dis- as you kill them, you then make them into your structures. Like, they are then your structures for your base. Okay, so from- this is
1: taking kind of the the idea of the tonton and turning it into a huge, meaty piñata um, in which you can you can well it's it's less structures pit- but and so therefore you've got to kill some of these things in at the right time like yes they were close to close to being connected up to this other this other animal. well i think
0: i think there are maybe <laughs> I, I think you gain ways over time to be able to move them a bit into place but it's sort of like it's sort of like as they build the pyramids right it's like Tens or hundreds of people dragging these massive heavy things into position. So, like, yes, as you start, you know, the first thing you might kill might kind of be, I don't know, like elephant size, slightly larger. And you sort of hollow out its rib cage and build your hut inside of it. And, like, this is the only way you can build structures in this game is killing creatures <laughs> and utilizing their parts. Um, but at first you've got to do it with your bare hands. Well, that's it. Yes, tools. it's it's still this sort of survival thing. You are you are having to build up to it. But I think I, I do like this idea of of building up kind of a village over time, where you you are then recruiting people and you go out on these hunting parties, right? Or you see in the distance like one of the really mega creatures coming along, and you're like, "Well, that could house like twenty five people." We've got to wait, but we've got to wait for it to get close because you don't want to have to travel too far back and forth to it, you know. But there's also, you know, you don't want to let it get too close. If you kill it at the wrong time, it's going to fall over and crush your other, you know, buildings that you've built up. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it becomes this kind of real strategic idea of you actually building your structures. It's not, you're not, oh, place a blueprint here and bring some resources to it and it builds up over time. It's like, no, like you, you are beholden to the migrations of these species. Yeah. And, yes, you might have some tools later on to actually be able to, like, move them around a little bit or drag them into place before you start uh, actually sort of building on top of them. But,
1: I don't know, that, that idea just really struck me as as fun. I do like the idea that at one stage when you break open one of these meaty piñatas that <laughs> an actual, like, piece of technology falls out. Like, yeah, yeah, you could have, have some, you know, random generator stuff like that. That, and that starts getting you to think that, you know, where else in the world are these, are these animals picking up these technology bits and pieces Mm. and, you know, are they actually made of technology or is it just a.
0: Well, yeah, perhaps. or And I mean, I just like the general idea of, it might not just be for killing them for, you know, structures or or other tools, but utilizing the animals in your environment for all sorts of. Uh, gameplay elements, um, mm-hmm. you know, ob- you know, mounts is obviously a, a common one,
1: but I don't know, sending messages between areas, or uh, you know, be- because because it starts off with Star Wars, I'm just thinking, how do you open these things up the easiest way? And it's like with a lightsaber in the in the Star Wars universe, like yeah. But if you don't have a lightsaber, how do you open these things up? Like, do you have to? Just I think it's very scary. It?
0: Like, I think I mean, I think you've initially if you've killed. You're gonna build it up, right? If you've killed sort of a small, toothy animal with your bare hands, then you've managed to get like some teeth and and made a, a some sort of knife uh, out of a, out of teeth and bone that now you can like use that to kind of saw open the, some of the larger animals. Mm. And as you go, yes, I think well because that could be a in- really interesting part of the tech tree. Actually, is like not only are, are you going to be able to turn um, that, you know, furry beast into your, you know, tailor's house, yep. your tailor's workshop. Um, but- You get a free sewing of, machine as, as part well, <laughs> well, because of the type of animal it is, yeah, you basically unlock some technology because you study it from the inside. You basically autopsy the thing and learn new crafting things yep. based on the types of innards- <laughs> You know, you've got, I mean, like, a water pump because this particular animal had, you know, a
1: heart that, you know, was of a particular type or whatever. And- hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think the fact that you come across a knifeysaurus and you you tear it open and you, you get, like, cutlery. That's like, not a knifeysaurus. I only thought of that because you said, like, <laughs> sharp implement and saw, yeah. and I'm like, it's a knifeysaurus, like... <laughs> oh, shit, he saw us? Um.
0: <laughs> Do you think he saw us? Yeah, no, exactly. I think I think the different types of animals like it, it very much becomes a kind of wildlife uh, um, discovery kind of game, but really tied in then to your survival. And I just, I mean, mostly I just love the idea of kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like like lit- like a huge creature like just a massive creature and you just end up like slicing the top off it and and assigning rooms inside its ribcage you know like I-
1: and then i'm just imagining that you got to take like you got like a carrot sort of thing, and you're leading this this small animal along into your bedroom. You kill it, and it's like, okay, now open the chest of drawers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's> like- exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bit body horror in a way. There's it's
0: like heads and teeth and tongues on everything that you know. You turn off your light. It's
1: like a little you're pulling the uvula of the in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. I mean literally I'm I'm seeing this as the most gory version of the Flintstones that there ever yeah. was because like instead of using rocks and all that sort of stuff to build their houses no they they killed the brachiosaurus and
0: yeah and I don't know how they deal with rot and and like bugs and stuff you know maybe that's part of the tech tree as well though like Maybe maybe these animals are only supposed to maybe these structures only last a certain amount of time as well like that could be part of the challenge is that you are actually having to constantly like you know, maintain either maintain or just it rots away and now you need to kill something else you know or it's it it, it could also just be the early game of it, you could end up with actually more um permanent structures but I do like the idea of just the massive creature is like the end goal. It's just like you have
1: your whole colony inside this thing. Wow. Yeah, I did, I did not expect that's where we were going to be going no. when we first started this. No. That was the plan. Wow. Click is a game where we each have a <laughs> random word generator in front of us, and on the count of one click, we're going to throw words at each other. After getting them from a random word generator. And yeah, we'll get two words today. Adjective and a noun. We'll see what happens when we throw them together. Yeah. See what Let's game design it. happens and then we'll stop in about 20 minutes time.
0: Let's do it. Fool touching.
1: Practicing myth. Ooh, okay. Now I have fool as in you're a fool. Yes. Not like fool. So, I mean, myth... I come like my mind immediately went to the Fool's Errand and that sort of okay. that sort of idea of, of a puzzle sort Hobb, of game, but Robin Hobb, but more based around myths, like and mythological creatures. Like so, mythological sort, of like creatures. A, sort of like a creatures, sort of like a wait, what was Fool's Errand?
0: Is it the book? No, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a novel. That's what I, I got there. Right. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Oh, the, okay, I'm talking about all? the the video game, the Fool's Errand, which was the the puzzle uh, game that had like the Book of Thoth and I don't know. High Priestess, and it was all you know that uh, game. The, all the word the word games and the and the puzzles and shit. Now you did at never the played it, yes,
0: you never did. played it, no, never played it. We I'm have talked
1: about it. we have talked about the Fool's Errand before in this fucking podcast. When mm. you get to it, you'll go, oh
0: shit. I'm looking at it right now. I do not remember it. I don't think
1: I've played it. We have talked about this fucking game on this fucking podcast. I don't think we have. We fucking have. And I can't wait for you to get to that episode. (laughs) At around 60 or 70 and you go, yeah, we did it.
0: Okay, but I'm pretty sure sure in that episode I will have said, no, never played it. I'm sure that we have. But anyway. We'll see.
1: I'm going to keep an eye out for that one. Anyway, anyway, the Fool's Errand okay. is a puzzle, puzzle game where a whole heap of puzzles that really don't necessarily mesh, mesh well together, and all this sort of stuff. But the idea yeah. of it's it's a story that goes through, and he has to solve puzzles as he as he goes through. Okay, yeah. And this I thought the like, idea of word puzzles and logic puzzles, yeah, after. of you being a um of you being a cryptological like investigator, hmm. but solving these sort of these sort of puzzles and and. Okay. All together in this. So is the gameplay really based around the puzzles then? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So it's more classic, classic puzzle solving, you know, rather than just, oh, look, now we want you to do a match three puzzle. And now we want you to do a, select these three things. And it's like, no, these are actual like different types of logic puzzles, different types of, and, and more of a tailored experience. Yeah. So you essentially like,
0: okay, this week I'm hunting the the Bigfoot, I guess. And then you're going to have a set of tailored puzzles that you just have to get through to like, and then by the end you find the Bigfoot.
1: And you you may not, you may not find anything about it. You may like, I, I like the idea of not necessarily finding the Bigfoot, but you're finding clues Mm, along the way. So Yeah, I mean, the the way I can see this working is kind of uh,
0: with some almost visual, not necessarily visual novel stuff, but like narrative stuff that goes along with it where you're sort of playing through, you get some dialogue back and forth between you and your compatriot or whatever, or like your friend or 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 business partner or whoever is hunting with you, pet, I don't know, familiar, (laughs) someone else, Um, which then leads into the puzzles and they can kind of be commenting over the top top of them a bit. And, and maybe they're, like, the hint system. And then as you solve the puzzle, it, like, progresses the story, essentially. Yeah. Is there... Uh, is there branching? Like, are there ways to fail at this? Or, like, if you do badly on a puzzle, no, you're going find this clue? It's
1: just a very straight... It's just a relatively straightforward... Relatively straightforward thing of... Okay, you may not be able to solve this puzzle right now, but you can come back to it. Like you can, you'll have yeah. like two or three things open at once, and they. What, it, what it feels like
0: to me then is a mobile game where you're regularly releasing, like, oh, this doesn't, month's doesn't content even have
1: to be regularly releasing. You can just do it as a pump and dump sort of. Yeah, no, you could,
0: but I just mean like part of the part of the ongoing strategy. If you were to release a game like this, would be like. All right, we're releasing Hippogriff content this week, like a bunch of new puzzles, new story stuff, and you'd have fans who stuck with it forever, you know? As long as you
1: had a good puzzle master. Oh, yes. Very important. Because the puzzle master, he's a no-nonsense kind of guy. Like, Mm. I I could imagine the puzzle master being, you know, the sort of guy who would... Make sure make you, s- make you make p- you say puzzle master like that whenever yeah. you said his title, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that, I get it. You know the the slightly upper classiness of it. Yeah, yeah is that just, no nonsense? Like, yeah, yeah. Puzzle master, puzzle master, puzzle master. He's so puzzling, and he's a master at it. Did, did you know, did, did you even just feel in the in the audio my eyes open with that? Oh, I'm sure our audience. <laughs> really felt, felt it right down to their
0: toe- toenails. Uh let's go again. Painless workload, pathetic architecture. <laughs> um, painless workload. Okay, workload and architecture make me think of some sort of like construction, construction, like
1: bricklaying kind of thing, or like putting down. But it, it's concrete it's and like. It's speed building sort of thing, like... Oh,
0: it's interesting. Speed building, but you have to stay within, like, architectural principles. Like, there's, like,
1: we're measuring load-bearing and... There's physics stuff yeah. going on here, but you you can have little shortcuts and stuff like that, like, that you can make. i oh, just put a couple of bricks around here and fill it with concrete. That'll be fine, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it depends on what,
0: you are like... Success metric is, is it just that it has to stay up for a day, you know, or is it, it just it has, has to, to stay ins- up for a year? It just has to pass inspection.
1: <laughs> After that, it's, it's, it's the, it's their problem. Look, you probably, you probably shouldn't be using, you probably shouldn't be using the foreman's body as, as a permanent load-bearing thing, but <laughs> he doesn't feel any pain. It's fine. He's a load-bearing foreman. Is this a multiplayer, like,
0: antagonistic, um, it's not the word I'm thinking of, but like one person builds something and then the other person plays the inspector and they have to find what's wrong with it. And so it's about like understanding the rules on both sides, but with one side trying to find the loopholes on how to get around the rules and the other side trying to like catch them out in not meeting those loopholes. Mm. So, like, yes, technically there's nothing in the rules that says you can't pour concrete over the foreman and have them be load-bearing, <laughs> but the, the like, tensile strength of his arms is not up to scratch, as demonstrated, and, you know, you you get a red, red X against your name for that. But that's, you know, that's only one.
1: If you pass the rest, then you're okay. Yeah, you get three strikes. Like... As as is correct in any building, you get three strikes, and it's on the third strike that that's condemned. That it's condemned. Yeah. Other than that, you know, it's fine. Yeah. And so I could because I could imagine just like it could be perfectly built, but it just forgot the roof, and that's just one. That's
0: just one strike. That's just one. I mean, there's only one. Lo- like, there's it's
1: it's rule seventeen that there must be a roof, but that's just one rule. Yeah, and just because they forgot the entire side of this high rise, like. It's just one rule. It's that's yeah, but one. Do you, do you see strike. how much money they saved. Exactly. In fact, technically they forgot all the walls, but that's just one strike because. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just, just walls. walls. There's walls. just a checkbox for walls. I'll take click. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that could work.
0: I think that could work. Peak handbook perverse
1: compilation.
0: Okay. I mean, handbook uh, makes me think of a similar sort of thing, like a, like a keep talking and explodes or a a thing where you're like, you're learning rules and having to look things up Mm -hmm. again, perhaps in maybe an adversarial, that's the word I was trying to think of adversarial uh, way or a cooperative way, but like asynchronous in that sense, asymmetrical. Apparently I can't think of, a words today.
1: Yes. Um, perverse compilation. Yes. So when you when okay. you said handbook before, I started thinking you're like a researcher going around researching like erotica. Yeah. And like putting together like you know the you know the Michelin star guide to restaurants and stuff like that. This is the yeah. Michelin star guide to like. Erotica and and also, you know, places of erotica. So okay. So you go to like a Club X (laughs)
0: and you're checking your handbook to
1: And 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 you can research the history and Yeah, and you can mark together a review. But I know there's something something about you you find you find like this ratty copy of like this old French erotica. That, you know, you've seen it at a couple of these places so far, and I was like, "Why does it? Why does this like this book appear uh, in every yeah. single one of these places?" Oh, okay, okay, and it's a mystery uh, behind like, yeah, that that's a bit more. I think,
0: I think rather than going into like cumstained sex bars, um,
1: <laughs> it was it was all of them were were basically, you know, brightly lit. Okay, very, they're they're classy joints. Classy joints. Yeah. yeah. All right. No,
0: that's fine. I, I do yeah, like that very idea. sex positive. Yeah, I do like that idea because there's something, there's something interesting about like old fashioned erotica or something like that's a that's a fun thing. And We could get some artists in, you know, who would have a blast like putting all that together. Oh, look! You see her ankles in this one. I think when the handbook comes in, is it's almost like a like you're grading them, right? Like it's mm. you're trying to find copies of rare erotica. You know, and it might be, you know, 1967 Playboy or something uh, of this, you know, with this particular misprint in it or whatever, right? Like, they duplicated her nipple <laughs> accidentally in the printing process or something. Uh, and so it's always like finding these rare copies, finding these different things. But that, yes, then building on top of that is there's one particular piece that keeps showing up and it's not in the handbook. Like, nobody... You know, but it's but it's it's also something you've never heard of before, um, and so then it does become this mystery of kind of like okay, tracking down like who knows about this? Like you get on the message boards, who I'm sure are full of very responsible, normal people just talking about rare erotica.
1: It, in this game, it's just there an is. interest. It's just like collecting stamps or something. In this game, it is. In this, yes, exactly. Uh, be, because you go to the serious... you don't go to Reddit. You go, you go to the serious. Like forums about this, and there's hmm. a, there's a strict code that you you have to adhere to to be part of this this forum. Oh
0: yes, yeah, very very high levels of moderation in you know strict moderation
1: in these forums for sure. Um, hundred percent because I I want this to be a a sex positive a yeah you know no it's not dirty
0: we're not treating this as a dirty thing it's no. uh it's more of a like archaeological kind of you know study investigation and, game and, that you can interest. also then
1: you know have yeah look, have conversations saying, with with different people
0: about we're not saying it's not hot like some of this erotic... <laughs> this is this is you know you don't want kids playing this game no but no it's about uh you find out the history of some of these pieces and you find out you know and look maybe we go and talk to people who actually do this and we get some actual stories of rare erotica and where it was found and, you know, the stories behind it and cave paintings where people are fucking. Like, yeah. they must exist.
1: Yeah, I think that's great.
0: Yeah. Um Collapsed momentum. Cooled interpreter. I mean, this makes me think of some sort of particle collider or something like
1: momentum
0: collapsing, like quantum something Ooh. Cooling.
1: You, you said those magical word those magical words, quantum. quantum? Mm. And it, it reminded me of like, what if this reality is collapsing and, and you got to jump? Oh, like like a bit of a leap? Kind of a leap, but more... Like a I hop? Know, just a hop. Like a kind of hop, bit hop, of a, quant- a quantum hop? Quantum hop. Yeah. But turns out that every time you, you quantum hop, you actually nudge... Everyone one dimension along (laughs) everyone else. Everyone else So
0: not only do you find yourself in just a random body, but everyone else finds themselves in not a random body, but just a
1: the people who just hopped find themselves in this in a new body. The person that was occupying that goes into the next body. And it goes Oh, it's like a rotating like throughout the multiverse. It's not rotating because it's infinite. Like,
0: not rotating, but you know what I mean. Like it's, but a- it's
1: only everyone from here on out. So there are still infinite ones, which means that there's no one left in that original body. <laughs> so okay, because we have a multiverse here. Yes, you're
0: saying that every time, let's call them Sam, every time she jumps everyone else in that universe just drops to the floor
1: because their consciousness has left. I'm not I'm not saying that everyone else in that universe. I'm saying that maybe your character falls to the ground. If if everyone else happened to survive the collapsing event that you kind of caused and you hopped away from, mm. then the other people in that universe could still continue living, but your body is now empty in that body and you've hopped into the next Into the next universe's body.
0: Oh, so you're not saying- I thought you were saying when you hop, everyone in that universe-
1: No, no, no. no. Shifts to the left. No, no, no. Like, turn to the left. No, okay. Who you jump into next- Who you jump into- Shifts onto the next person. And so it's a domino effect of all the Sams in in the multiverse's forward, they get shifted into the next person.
0: Well, but what- Well, is it Sam- Or is it just someone random? Like, if you- If Sam shifts into Frank Walker National Tiles-
1: then Frank Walker jumps into- um, Someone random. Yeah. But in the next universe. In the next universe. Yeah. So this- So, okay. So
0: the first time this happens, Sam figures out quantum hopping. Yes.
1: She hops into someone. Yes. Frank Walker is, from National Tiles, just to make things nice and clear. Yeah.
0: She essentially creates an infinite number of quantum hoppers then.
1: Yes. Yes. Who, who and the crazy the- thing is, the next time she hops, it may be another infinite number of hoppers that she's just Yeah, in. and, like, sort of in a different direction, right? Yeah. Okay. This is, this is where, like, to undo this... Oh, no. Is Surely crucial. it's impossible. Because the way that I always saw that Quantum Leap works is when... It was Sam, wasn't it? Yeah. In the original one, yes, um, when, when he hopped into someone, when he hopped away, that person just dropped to the floor dead. Like there was right. there was no soul left in it. So he sol he like solves their pro he solves their problem. Yep, he solves their problem and then leaves <laughs> and, and leaves that body soulless because the art of him or the the act of him hopping into that person has. Obliterated what was what was, what was there, there of the
0: consciousness and soul, yeah, right. Okay, so this is this is actually where we're creating a situation that's more humane than what Sam Beckett in the original Quantum Leap was doing, because we're not obliterating a soul; we're just sending it out into the multiverse,
1: into the next, into the next, into the next, infinitely. Yeah. The thing is, after three hops, that's when you realise when, you, when you've when you hopped close to someone else. It's like, oh my God, we've got another one. It's like, what do you mean another one? Well, such and such hopped here a little while ago. It's like, oh, sh- shit. Well, and, like, and I mean, in, in an
0: infinite universe, while yes, there are infinite universes for them to hop into, there's also infinite universes where people are just constantly hopping into that universe. Exactly. Um, that's fun. I like the idea that you go through a couple of missions before you like figure this out, and it is that you you hit one of these universes that is seems to constantly have people hopping in. Um, like they've got tourist stuff set up for quantum hoppers because there's just some weird statistical freak that their particular universe gets hit attracts every yeah. single
1: time. Yeah, and it's constant. Like yeah people coming in going out going in coming coming in going out like it's just it's almost like the crossroads but it's it's the infinite crossroads yeah where so 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 or is it the me, convergence and it, it might yeah it's like a, a which universal means ley line you may eventually lo- uh, oh 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 okay you have you then do like a real dangerous leap, like you know a it's hop. dangerous. Uh, uh, sorry, a, a quantum hop. You do a real dangerous hop. You know it's dangerous because, like the the system that you're using to hop actually warns you, no, this is this has got you know a chance to fail and all this sort of stuff. But you do it anyway because it's the only way that you're going to survive falling off of this building. Like okay, so you hit that's what's going to trigger it. You come in and you wake up and everyone in this world is collapsed has, has just jumped off a building oh no as in that there's there's no consciousness left on this right. you found world. you found a
0: universe this or is a, or this is universe world.
1: zero this is where right what everything s- happened the first time okay and then you find out that there's one other consciousness left and it's another you well wait how does that like, from a different universe. From a different universe. It's a not, It's another Sam Beckett. Sorry, uh, we didn't actually say... We didn't say... No, it's a different Sam. Sam... It's, Sam it's definitely Sam...
0: It's definitely related... She's definitely related to the original right. Sam Beckett in, a, in an Easter eggy
1: sort of way. Beckett's her maiden name. Yeah. Well, her mother's maiden name. Look, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, somewhere back there. Yeah. So, I like the idea that You find someone else and it's just an AI. Okay. It's an AI and they're like, they're saying, oh, we, we didn't realize there was anyone left. And it's like, you start realizing there's something wrong about this, this AI. It's, it's now focusing all its time on you. No one else in this world is like all the bodies is kind of breathing and almost in hibernation sort of thing, which is why you're able to drive, drop into this thing um, I think the real aim of the game is to do something that Quantum Leap could never do. Finish? Finish. <laughs> Clean up the mess. That, um, given
0: the mess that we've just described, <laughs> that sounds uh, like a big ask, but yeah,
1: okay. You know who does it in the end? The other Sam? No, Roger Wilco. <laughs> Janitor extraordinaire.
0: It's a Space Quest It's a Space Quest time. game. Maybe. All right. Sure. I mean, yes, and. Um. (laughs) I know, I just- I'm just still trying to think through the implications here, because I'm assuming we're sort of saying that this whole process started with Sam.
1: The the craziest one was when the baby went into the pilot.
0: Well, but hang on, because, yes, that's true, but, like, how do you even find out about that in this game? You know, is I definitely like this idea of, F- you know, that you're, you're Sam, you think you've invented this marvellous technology that you've, you know, you found on old fucking punch cards from your great-grandfather,
1: Sam Beckett, or from Al, maybe. Uncle. Yeah, great-uncle. Great-uncle, whatever. P- punch cards? No, it's it, it's it's written in C. It's like, no one it's is fine. anymore. It's or on it's, a or old tape drive or something. <laughs> But you've recreated it as
0: a handheld device, so you can just go. Oh, of course! Like modern technology, you just—it's an app on your Apple
1: Watch, like. <laughs> and for some reason, it it's, it comes with you, like it's embedded into into your brain pattern or something like that. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I mean uh, semantics.
0: Um, <laughs> but and then yeah, okay. So you find out after a few hops that. You're actually creating this cascading effect. We might have to jump into the future a bit if we're
1: saying that some of these universes I mean, maybe time just moves differently, whatever. You jump into a different time. Because there's infinite universes, your universe just never got hit before. It's been it's been going on for years. Or oh, not that you knew of. Not that you knew of. I mean it's like, been going on for years from other Sams who have kicked off this process. Yes. They just got to it earlier in their universe. Yes. One because Sam Beckett like never originally went out, and and so he helped young Sam, you know, right? Yeah, figure it and, out yeah. and become and becomes Those the reasons. owl for that for that Sam. Yeah, <laughs> Grandpa Sam, <laughs> Great Uncle Sam. All right, I think
0: we've gone over, and I don't think we're actually going to come to a resolution. But what sort of game is this? Like point and click adventure. Um, or like a or sort of like a third-person action-y kind of p-
1: adventure. I feel like it's very dialogue-driven, though. Very dialogue-driven. Dri- uh, I can see it working as a as like a a telltaley sort of control the character, walk around the different scenes.
0: Yeah, interact. yeah,
1: perhaps could be interesting even as like a kind of retro retro two D,
0: adventury sort of thing. Not point and click, but more like a direct control, but. Um, you know, moving around the different environments in, in yeah. 2D. faux 3D.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: potentially, yeah. Or even as like, a, even as like a, like, uh, isometric, not RPG-ish as such, but like, the you know, the, you know what I'm talking about? Isometric adventure kind of thing? Anyway. Like Little know. Big Planet? That's not, 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 not where i I was going more planet, to something um, like.
1: Fucking, what's a. You know the one that I'm talking about, Twinson's fucking Yeah,
0: that's a little oh, a little yeah, little big adventure. Right? Little, a yeah. little big adventure. I was that's thinking more was like a big, like Planescape yeah. Torment or something or like a Ugh. you know, Ugh. those are more RPG. Nah, no, what's
1: that taste in my mouth? Blah. Really? Yeah, I'm a big fan of those.
0: Or like a uh, Pillars of Eternity or something. You know,
1: that sort of style.
0: Anyway, we're rambling. <laughs> we're at 40 minutes. That's the end of the episode. If you would like to find us online or in all of our previous episodes, including episode 11, Competitive Ornithology with Pete Correlli, uh going back, uh, that, that inspired that first game that we did today, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm
1: and check them all out. If you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, that song is called Mount Defiance of the um, "Containment Value by the band Curridast. Go find it at curridast.bandcamp.com. For free. Free! Free, I tell you! So, thank you again for joining us this
0: week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Puzzle Master. Puzzle Master. Puzzle Master.